0: again good morning hi come on i know it's a little dreary outside got cold but you guys can handle it take your bibles turn to luke chapter 2 luke chapter 2 verses 25 and following pray you're having a great week looking forward to christmas and all that it entails and those of you are traveling be safe hope you have a great time with your families wherever they might be Uh, if you're in town encourage you to come to our uh, one-hour guaranteed Christmas service. (laughs) It's the only time we guarantee on time. Uh, We'll try and have you out an hour uh, this um, Friday night. Hard to believe. Christmas Eve, 5 o'clock, right here. Communion, candle lighting. Bring someone with you to celebrate. Um, Celebrate. And hear the gospel, that simple gospel we sang about a little earlier. You know, there's... um, There's a thing been going around for about, I don't know when it started. It's sometime in my life where uh, people start talking about a bucket list. You know, things that they're going to do before they kick the bucket. Yeah. And so before they die, they make a list of things they want to do. Everything from jumping out of airplanes to riding bulls to running marathons to saying something nice to their neighbor. I don't know, something, (laughs) things they want to do before they die. I saw this week, I was looking at a whole list. I started bringing a whole list of some of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard uh, of things people wanted to do. Um, Anyway, I saw one guy said, you should list 101 things that you want to do before you pass away. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure i got that much time. 101, that's a bunch. So today we want to look at a guy who was given a word by God that he wasn't going to die until something unbelievable happened. Something miraculous happened. And I, he's one of my favorite characters. i preached on him any number of times. I even have a painting in my office of this man. Uh, because, as we'll see in a minute, there's so much about destiny and purpose and life that's tied up into the life of Simeon. He's a character who only gets 10 or 15 verses, uh, but there's so much remarkable about him that I think it's worth emulating and looking at again. And today, I really want to look at the the theme. I want to look at one part of this passage, because I've preached on this passage a lot. I'll try not to cover all of the implications of it, but I want to look at it in in the sense that We've been looking at Advent as this season of preparation, getting ready, of proclamation, of proclaiming the good news, of expectation, expecting what God will do. And then finally, Jesus, the light of the world, burst onto the scene, and we have revelation. We have God revealed. And I want to talk about this term, revelation, Now, let me just say, if you go to seminary or Bible school anywhere, you're going to learn these three terms. Revelation, inspiration, illumination. Uh, And they have to do with kind of how God has spoken. That God reveals himself to people. Then under the revelation of the Holy Spirit, inspired, they wrote the word of God. And then basically what we have since the word of God, since the canon was closed, is illumination. The spirit of God illumining what? The word of God. Now, depending on what background you come from, you may come from a background that said, when God finished revealing revelation through Jesus, the final revelation, and through the writings and the canon was closed, that God is not in the process of revealing anymore, revelation. Revelation. Or inspiration—that really all we have is the Scripture by the Holy Spirit speaking of the Scripture. Now, we believe that God continues to speak. That's that's the position of our church. That through the Holy Spirit, we still have prophetic, miraculous gifts that are at work. Um, and, And there's a whole segment of church that believes that that's not the case. Now, I understand that. I'm not. I got no. What is, I got no stones to throw. I always I always get it back. I got no throws to stone. Uh, so, uh, but uh, I, I understand. Because the church many times that believes in continuing revelation goes off the trail. Right? Hello? Many times people say, God revealed blah, blah, blah to me. And people will say, well... You know what, the problem with that revelation is that it runs contrary to Scripture. And, but people say, well, God still speaks, so how come God can't? There's so many different aspects of this that I can't, like, delineate all the parts. We believe God still speaks. We believe God still speaks, but it's never contrary to the word that he's given us already. I'm giving you that framework. But that God still speaks because, and I'll tell you why, I believe this today because it's a continuing uncovering of the truths of God's Word. Now, you can call it illumination, but to me, when anything, the word revelation means to uncover. And we're going to see that today. And why is that important? Because of the way God, I believe, builds this kingdom. We good? Well. I just want to lay that groundwork out there before we move on. Because there may be some here saying, well, you know, revelation doesn't really happen. It's, I, maybe I'm using the term synonymously a little bit on illumination or revelation. But anyway, there's an uncovering of God in his speaking. So let's look at this guy named Simeon from Luke chapter 2 and talk about... Listen, <clears throat> what I just said in the last five minutes, entire denominations, churches splits, I mean, everything all, uh, imaginable just over that. So I gave, you, I gave you that in like two seconds of, uh, anyway. Let's look at Luke 2. It says this, And behold, there's a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed, I'm going to underline revealed in Revelation in this passage because that's really what I'm going to focus on. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in israel and for a sign which will be spoken against yes a sword will pierce through your through i can't read my eyes got all blurry through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be again here's that word revealed revealed so today i really want to talk about this term revealed now let me just give you the setup here this is somewhere 30 days after Jesus' circumcision, in the first 40 days of his life. It was typical to take the child and to buy back, kind of redeem a firstborn son, child, back. Kind of as, the, as a sign of God's deliverance from Egypt and remember the death angel passing over and the firstborn child being killed in a household except um, the nation of Israel because the blood was on the doorpost. The the angel passed over. There is an act of bringing the child to the temple, redeeming him back for, and because they were poor, they had to pay the littlest amount of a couple of doves to redeem the child back. There is also the aspect of purification that took place after childbirth. So Mary was going to, to be declared pure and clean, and Jesus was going to be dedicated. So they come from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. Now when we think in our minds, we thinking about Bethlehem and Jerusalem, they must be a long ways apart, but no, they're only about six miles. I mean, still a little hike for, you can imagine, take your 30 day, 40 day year old baby and go for a six mile hike. And see how the gate that is. No strollers, you know, just maybe a donkey. But that's it. Go to Jerusalem, dedicate the baby, and that's where they are. They come into this scene, and Simeon, by the Holy Spirit, sees the child and knows, this is my moment. This is what has been promised to me. And the painting in my office is called Simeon's Moment. It's a painting of him holding the child just with joy on his face. I want to talk about why Revelation is so important then and now. Why Revelation is so critical. And look at it in the story of Simeon without looking at uh, many of the aspects of the story. Again, I preached on it a number of times. You can go back probably five times in the life of our church. But I want to look at it under this specific focus about revelation. Because revelation is how we receive God's truth. Revelation is how we receive God's truth. Simeon says in verses 29 through 32, he says... Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. It's a light. He is a light to bring revelation. Back... um, I'm trying to think, seven, eight years ago, a friend of mine, I was looking for, I was in the market for a car. And a friend of mine called and said, hey, I've got this car you might want to look at. Uh, I I think you would like the model. One of my daughters had um, totaled my last car, so I was in the market for a new car. Um, So I just, (laughs) it's an old joke at our house, if you want to get a new car, let your daughter drive your old one, uh, because you'll be getting a new one, you'll be getting a new one pretty soon at least one of my daughters who's not here today. Thank you. I want to clarify for Olivia. She's not the one who, uh <laughs> and the other one's working, so she's not watching. So, um, Anyway, so he called me and said, it's, it's a Volkswagen CC. And I'm like, I've never seen that car. I've never heard that car. I don't know what that car is. So I went out and drove the car. I really liked it. Volkswagen CC. And the next thing I know, I'm driving around town and I'm like, there's one. Oh, there's another one. There's another. They're they're everywhere. Where do these cars come from? I've never seen one before. What had happened? Well, what had happened is now my eyes, so to speak, had been opened. I wasn't looking for them before. I didn't know about them. It's as if someone had thrown a blanket over all the Volkswagen CCs in the city. And now they had pulled it back and I could see it and that's really the nature of revelation it's something that was hidden and now the blanket so to speak has been removed and now you see this is how spiritual truth is received listen to me carefully i believe this with all my heart this is how spiritual truth is received it is uncovered by the spirit of god revelation is that idea of uncovering now i am wholeheartedly in favor of education i'm wholeheartedly in favor of studying greek hebrew all the languages of i I, i'm not anti anything but i am really pro holy spirit um, because i believe that it's through the spirit of god uncovering. Have you ever been reading the Bible? You're reading a line. You've read this passage a hundred times. A hundred. And all of a sudden, it's like, boom. It's, it becomes light to you. Life to you. Something, and you're like, where has this been? Well, it's been right there all along. What's the difference? It's it, it, The Spirit of God has now uncovered it for you. Now, if you want to call that illuminate, again, I'm not going to argue... I believe there's a revealing that takes place by the power of the Holy Spirit, not your own mind, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, your mind working in conjunction with the Spirit of God, that gives you this uncovering. Jesus talked about parables, and he talks about, he said, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, his disciples. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. There's this aspect that Jesus is saying, the reason I'm speaking to you in parables is so that those on the outside won't figure it out because they don't what? They don't have the Spirit of God. Is this basic implication here? They don't have the whole... They're trying to figure out with their heads with their history, with their teaching, what this means. And the only way it's going to be determined is not through that, but by the Spirit of God revealing it to you. In First Corinthians, Paul says, However, as it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit this is a key passage for me. God has revealed it to us by a spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things, the deep things of God. Now, listen, I know there's an aspect of salvation that's woven into this, and that apart from the spirit of God drawing you to the name of Jesus, you can't, you can't know who Jesus is. There's an opening that the spirit of God, you don't learn who Jesus is, you Jesus is revealed to you. He he becomes life to you. The Spirit of God has revealed the things of God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, Therefore I tell you, no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is revealing spiritual truth. I want to encourage you to receive God's truth. Simeon received the revelation of who Jesus was by the Spirit of God. In like manner, we need to receive the gospel, the simple gospel, the good news, and all spiritual truth that follows. Listen to me. All spiritual truth that follows, I believe, is a revelation of God. Now, again, I understand that there's a major contention within the church. How do you receive spiritual truth? Is it learned or is it revealed? Again, I'm coming back to this truth. There is a learning, but in the learning, there's a revelation by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is critical in this process. Revelation is not only the way we receive spiritual truth, but it's the way God's kingdom is built. God's kingdom is built on revelation. Here's my points from this. And behold, there's a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. There's an aspect here that that the revelation of the Holy Spirit has come upon Simeon, And he's been told that he will not die until he sees the Lord's Christ, the anointed one, the Savior. Uh, He knows all the consolation of Israel. All all these things, terms for the Messiah, it's been revealed to him. Now think about this. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, we really have almost, we have no real accounts of the Spirit of God speaking. I mean, there's hundreds of years in between where we don't know what was going on, but we don't have any accounts of God speaking. When Simeon comes into the temple, he is already an old man. Uh, When did the Holy Spirit tell him he wasn't going to die until he saw Jesus, the Lord's Christ? We don't know. The timeline isn't exactly given to us. We don't know. When, it's gonna, when, when he was told. But conceivably, it was told before John was revealed about Zechariah or Mary was spoken to or any of the other things we've looked at so far. It, could it be that Simeon was like one of the first guys, people to receive a word from the Spirit of God? I mean, it could have been decades before. He was an old, old man by now. So it could have been decades before that the Spirit of God spoke to him. And God is, in, God is in the process of building his kingdom. And that building of his kingdom, I believe, comes through this revelation by the Spirit of, of, of God. When I, was, um, when I used to teach college or seminary, we used to talk about losing the assignment. <clears throat> by that, and it's maybe just a term we made up in college and uh, but losing the assignment is, is has this idea. It's not like you lost it like your dog ate it. It's more like the student turned in a piece of work in which the assignment obviously was not communicated to them in some way. You know, they were supposed to do one thing and they did another. You're, are you with me? So what you look at it and you're like, did they even read this? I read this week about a professor uh, at a college who was convinced none of his students ever read the syllabus. So in the syllabus, he threw in a line in one paragraph that said, if you'll go to locker two, four, three, here's the combination, there's $100 in the locker, free to the first one who gets it. He never mentioned a word, it was just thrown in, the textbook is also this. He had 75 students in his class, not one claimed the money. And he had told him several times, the syllabus has changed. Please go read the syllabus. Sometimes, sometimes we're not building God's kingdom because we're losing the assignment. We're not sure of the assignment. We think the assignment is this. And when in fact the assignment is, is this. How do we do the assignment? I believe we do the assignment by the power of the Spirit. I debated doing this, but I can't help myself. Over the past month or so, we've asked you to buy uh, Bibles. Uh, uh, David Simpson now works at, I guess it's okay to say his name, that he's working at the prison. Uh, He's not in prison, he's working at the prison as a social worker. And so he came to us and said, he was, never mind, He, he came to us and said, hey, could we buy Bibles? for the inmates at this male correctional facility. Now please, this is very important, mail correctional facility. Can we buy Bibles, paperback Bibles? And we said, sure, that'd be great. And He said, that also they need paperback books to read. So we put out a call to you to bring paperback books and you have responded enormously. We've got a bunch of books. I'm afraid we could have lost the assignment. Now, if one of these is your books, this is why I hesitated to do this. If you gave this book, I I, I don't know the names. There are no names in the book, okay? Remember, we put out a call for a mail correctional facility paperback book. So I think when helping hurts is okay. Um, This is a book that talks about when we try to help people, but it actually hurts them uh, in our helping. It's a great book that we've all looked at another book that would, that was given which is fine uh, here's another book that was given when w- what a difference a daddy makes it might be getting a little personal for the daddies who are in prison who cannot make a difference correct um, here's another one I'm sorry this is called dateable are you are they Now might be not the right time. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help myself. P- please forgive me. It's good to be a queen. <laughs> Just doesn't seem like the right time, does it? Or the right audience. Sometimes, sometimes we miss the assignment. Sometimes out of her own might, her own, okay, come on back. Sometimes out of, because we're just not thinking through things. But in the kingdom of God, I believe it's the continuing revelation of the person of Jesus that is going to help us build God's kingdom. When we, please listen to me, when we get off into peripheral things and think that's our assignment, I'm going to tell you the church is going to miss it. If we think building our own kingdom, like building a church kingdom, a building, this is where it's all about. We need enough money to keep this thing floating. We've missed the assignment. If we think that um, doing XYZ in the political realm is our assignment, we've missed it. If we think that our our call is to do this. Now, I'm not saying... We should all be engaged in social activity. We should all be engaged in political activity. We should all be engaged in all of these things. But those are not our kingdoms. Matter of fact, we don't even have a kingdom. We're just part of one. And we're going to be God's kingdom representative in all of those spheres. But building them is not our assignment. Our assignment is to build the kingdom of God. Seek first God's kingdom. And I believe we build God's kingdom by the continuing revelation of who Jesus is and what he wants us to do in our life, by the power of the Spirit. Because if not, and we're missing the assignment, we're blind to what God has. He also told them this parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? I'm not going to start preaching too much here, but... Could it be that the decline in church attendance and church life is because we're leading people in a way in which we miss the assignment? We miss the call of God. The spirit of God is not directing us. We've become more known for this, whatever it might be. You can fill in the blank. I could fill in the blank, but I'd probably offend some people because there's so many passions. But our assignment, we need to get back to, to understand what we've been called as the church of Jesus Christ to do do in the world. Third point is this through revelation, it's how we maintain a spiritual mindset. Through the revelation of who God is and what He's doing, through the person and work of the Holy Spirit, we, we continue to maintain a spiritual mindset. Here's what it says in Luke 2. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, that's the whole redeeming back part, buying back the firstborn child and the purification stuff, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, not that. (laughs) I'll come back to what he said. But what I wanted to point out to you was, By the Spirit of God, he went into the temple. By the Spirit of God, he held up the child. Simeon maintained a spiritual mindset. And because he did, when his moment came, he was there and he was ready. Let's say, for instance, that it had been decades since Simeon had been told, you will not die until you see the consolation of Israel. What if Simeon has been going to the temple every day by the power of the spirit? He's been going, he's a priest, so he's been going to the temple every day. But on this day, he wakes up and says, oh, I've been doing this for decades. I don't think I'll go today. I think I'll sleep in. I think I'll stay home. Now this is not about works, but this is about maintaining. The spiritual mindset so that when he woke up in the morning, he was saying to God, what do you want me to do today? And the Spirit of God said, go to the temple. I don't know if he heard, today is your day. Today is the day. But he maintained a sensitivity to the Spirit so that he had a spiritual mindset so that he could hear. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple. That's why Paul says in Ephesians, in the passage that's up there now, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. How do we understand what the Lord's will is? Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be being filled with the Spirit. Maintain a spiritual mindset. Be being filled with the Spirit. Again, I think you understand what the Lord's will is by combining his word with the power of the spirit. Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. We talk about this all the time. It's not a 50-50 deal. It's 100% of both. 100% of the truth of God's word. 100% of the spirit of God leading us. That's how we maintain a spiritual mindset. Paul says in Romans, those who live according to the sinful nature have their, this is where I get mindset, by the way, have their minds set on what that nature desires. So if you're not saved or you're being led by the flesh, what is your mind set on? What that nature desires. Hey, people, listen up. We live in a world that says my flesh desires this. Who are you? Who are you to question my appetite? Who are you to question my desire? And in a sense, they're right. Why? They can't think any other way because their minds have not been transformed. Their mind is set on the flesh. And they then are appalled that someone else would question and say, this is not right or that is not right because, This is what their desire is, and their mind is set on it. Everything about it, mind, flesh, is going that way. But those who live in accordance with what? Whom, really? The Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Look, I do want to make this clear to you. There are only two mindsets. There's not like a multitude of mindsets out there. There's only two. You either have your mind set on the flesh or the Spirit. There's no in-between. Now, Paul is speaking to believers and saying to them here in Romans, the mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. It can't. Now, there's a lot in here. This is why preaching the gospel is so critical. If you think we're going to go from this place and we're going to convince anyone to stop doing anything, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's biblical, right? Their minds can't submit to God's law. You can't say, hey, don't do this. God's law says don't do it. What do I care I'm not submitted to God. They can't. Not only do they not want to, they just can't. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. I believe that we need to maintain a spiritual mindset because God's kingdom and God's truth is revealed by those who are filled with the Holy Spirit and proclaiming the good news to the world around. Now, there's a lot in that sentence I just said. But it's critical for us to stay filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit of God. What is the implication there? As Jack Taylor used to tell me, "Eh, the problem is not that you weren't filled, but you leak. You know, you got a leak that need can't really be plugged, and you need to be being filled all the time with the Spirit of God. First Peter says this: Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophets' own interpretation, for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but God spoke. But men spoke from God as they were carried along, how? By the Holy Spirit. I, I believe the same Holy Spirit indwells you in me. That's me. I think you're still filled with the same Holy Spirit. God is still in the process of speaking. And yes, I understand the difference. But at the same time, don't cut off. When you say it's, he's different, and he's different, but the times are different, but he's the same. Jesus told those who thought they knew the scripture well, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Now, wait a minute. He was talking to the most educated about the scripture. Do you you understand the irony here? Jesus is saying to them, you're in error because you don't know the scripture. You know it, but you don't know it. How come they don't know it I mean they knew it but they didn't know it you know what I'm saying why because the Spirit of God had never uncovered for them here's what if they did know they would see standing by in front of them hey, this is the word made flesh. if they were sensitive to the person of the Spirit And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things, which were spoken of him. Then Simeon said to Mary, his mother, and this is where, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, the sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. When the Spirit of God reveals the person of Jesus, the heart of the person hearing will be revealed. There's further revelation that comes. There's the uncovering of the truth, but there's also the uncovering of our hearts. And our hearts need to be maintain the spiritual mindset so that we can continue to, to show to the world spiritual truth. Because it's the spiritual truth which will build God's kingdom and change things forever. Do you understand my circular process kind of thing here that I think we see in Simeon? Let me give you one more example, and I'm going to close with this one biblical example. Jesus is walking along with his disciples, and he says, who do men say that I am? Who do people say, what do they call me? This and that and this and that. And he says to them, who, who do you think I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter makes that great declaration. You are the Christ, the son of the living. God. You, you know what I'm talking about? He proclaims who Jesus is. And what does Jesus say to him? Jesus says to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, This revelation didn't come to you by learning, but how? But by my Father in heaven. He's saying it's by the Spirit of God. Spiritual truth has been uncovered for Peter to be able to make the claim that Jesus is the Christ. Then it says, and I tell you, This is Jesus. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus says to Peter, on this rock, I'll build my church. Now, I understand and I believe that Jesus is speaking to Peter, but I think also he's speaking in a more general sense. Could it be that what Jesus is saying is, Peter, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but it's been revealed to you by my Father who is in heaven. On this revelation of who I am and on spiritual truth, I'll build my kingdom. And the gates of hell will not be able to stand against it. How do we know what to bind on earth and bind in heaven? How do we even know that? We know it by the continuing revelation of the Spirit of God in our lives. We, know, we should know how to pray based on him speaking to us. I'm not... Are you with... Are you, you? So, this is critical, I think, that the revelation of who Jesus is and how his kingdom is built... It comes through the continuing revelation, uncovering, illumination of his word and its person through the person of the Holy Spirit. How long did that last for Peter? How long did he say, I'm killing it. No, he's walking along. Look, I'm killing it. I am a prophesying machine here. Jesus says to them. Hey, I've got to go and suffer at the hands of men. Peter says, I'm the revealer. I'm the kingdom builder. I'm the rock. Ain't happening. Jesus turned and looked at his disciples and he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. How long does it go, how long does it take for us to go from having a spiritual mindset to a flesh mindset? Probably about 100 yards. I don't know. I don't know how far they walked. It wasn't that far. Have you ever been like having this time with God? It's just wonderful. And you're just like, oh, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Five minutes later, you're having breakfast with your wife. Suddenly, You're chipping away. What happened to the spiritual mindset? It's a constant, every, be being filled with the spirit. For me, I have to tell you, it's not just when I get up in the morning. It's every moment of every day. Every moment of every day. Because something will jump on me out of nowhere. I mean, really. It's, it, it, it's usually the most unexpected things, unexpected times, unexpected places. And I, I'm ashamed, but honest enough to say I can flip from a spiritual mindset to a fleshly mindset like that. If I'm not careful. But God's kingdom, God's truth, God's future for all of us together, is to maintain a spiritual mindset so in touch with the Spirit that we hear from him every moment of every day, which I believe we can. And I want to encourage you to walk in that. Jesus is calling us to be a people who God, he can reveal himself to. I believe it starts by us saying, well, that's a possibility. You know, if we say, no, God doesn't, he's not talking no more. He doesn't. Be open to hearing from God. Balance what you hear with God's word. Listen, know the word of God. Stay in God's word. Understand God's word. If you question, ask somebody else. God speaks through his people, the body, together. Listen to what God is saying to all of us together. But If we're going to build God's kingdom together, we're going to be a people who walk in the continuing revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We're going to maintain a spiritual mindset. We're going to keep on keeping on by being filled with the Spirit. Lord, we thank you this morning for your purposes and plans in our lives that we are not of those who shrink back, but we're of those who press forward and are saved. God, I thank you for those of us who know Jesus is the one who rules our life and forgives our sins that we have received the revelation of the truth of who Jesus is. Lord, I pray that today by the power of the spirit at work within us as we proclaim Jesus to the world around us, as we are salt and light that we will build your kingdom Lord, I pray that today we will continue to walk with our minds transformed by the Spirit. We'll have a godly mindset. And we won't set our minds on earthly things, but on spiritual things, on godly things. So that we can then in turn proclaim the truth of Jesus and build your kingdom and have a mindset. Lord, I pray that this will, will be locked in. Lord, I pray for this people in this place. Stand up with me if you would. If you're here today and you don't know this Savior, I'm talking about Jesus. I pray that the Spirit of God would draw you to the name of Jesus. Listen very carefully. There may, there's a big difference between you knowing the stories about Jesus and the truth of who he is being revealed in your lives. Just because you think you know the stories about this guy named Jesus who was a good man born you know, under unusual circumstances, lived a great life, great teachers, some bad men killed him, that's not the same thing as having the truth Revealed that Jesus is God in human flesh who came to set you free from your sins, from the things you've done wrong. In your heart, just ask, Lord, do you have my heart? Do I know who Jesus really is? Have I received this revelation of truth? That he is the Christ, the son of the living God. Today can be the day of salvation. If you've never done that, there is somebody right in front of you, right behind you, who would love to share with you Jesus. I guarantee you, in this church, there's somebody right beside you who would love to share with you this Jesus. I have him pray for you. Maybe you're here today. You're a follower of Christ, but you you would say, you know what? I've lost my mindset. I've lost my mind, but I've lost my mindset. My mind is not set on the things of the Spirit. My mind has been set on the things of the earth. I encourage you to turn your eyes on Jesus again. Look full at Him. Have in mind the things of the Spirit together. If you need prayer with anybody for any of this, just turn to somebody around you. I guarantee you, right around you, somebody will pray for you. And you may be embarrassed to say it, but they would love trust me. In this place, they would love to. The rest of us, let's just worship just for a moment before we leave that we want to know our Lord. We want to know our friend. We want to know our Savior. We want to have this mindset.